You are listening to the Evolution Exchange podcast Nordics, a melting pot of ideas and inspiration shared by some of the most successful technical leaders in the Nordic region. I'm Chris Bennett, and I help connect businesses with tech freelancers, and I'm your host. Right, and we are recording. Welcome, everybody. Our usual listeners, we are back. Um, Today, we're going to be exploring the data maturity of the market. Um, and the four panel guests we have today, um, we're going to do some introductions. So, uh, Stas, we're going to come to you first. Give me your introduction, please. All right. Thank you very much for letting me in and uh, looking forward to have this uh, uh, participate in this conversation. So, I'm Stas. Uh, Stas Savinsky, work for the company called Synchron. And the company is working in the in after-sales services space. So we are helping after-sales services and big manufacturing to improve their, their um, services in uh, like inventory or pricing or some, some other experiences. So my role is product manager analytics. Uh, I work in an industry for 25 years uh, with data specifically for, for over a decade. Different roles, product owner, product manager recently. Um, yeah, that's me. Very passionate about the data. And as I said, looking forward to be here. Perfect. Thank you very much, Staz. Uh, Apo, give us your introduction, please. Yes, thanks, Chris. So my name is uh, Apo Rapostolos. Uh, I come from um, a smaller company in Sweden called TrueCaller. Uh, TrueCaller is basically a soft identity solution that provides spam and uh, anti-fraud capabilities. Uh, before that, I worked in uh, companies like uh, Shipstead, which is like a marketplace and uh, media um, conglomerate in Sweden, um, Microsoft, Skype, Ericsson. My journey around data starts about 10 or 15 years ago. I started as a product um, or business analyst and then progressed into different like data-related domains. Uh, Yeah, that's all. Perfect. Cheers for that, Apple. Appreciate that. Um, Third, let's go to Andrew. Hey, Chris. Uh, thanks uh, for letting us join today. Uh, my name is Andrew Hedengren, and uh, I work for a company called Camby, and we are uh, an industry-leading uh, independent provider of a premium sportsbook uh, betting technology and services uh, regulated uh, globally uh, and across the gaming industry. My role specifically, I am a uh, architect, a systems architect that works in uh, the, I guess we call it the data platform stream. Um, I've been with Camby, it'll be 10 years now. I started as a, an ETL engineer and have worked my way up. I've been with uh, working in data for close to 14, maybe 15 years now, and then have about three or four years of uh, development experience before that. So um, originally from Canada, uh, been in Sweden now for 12 years and married, have a, a daughter, a dog. Uh, life is great. Loving the Swedish life. Love that. Love that. Thank you so much for that, Andrew. Appreciate that. Um, and then finally, Jeremy. Hey, Chris. Thanks. Uh, my name is uh, Jeremy Toussaint. Um, or, originally from France, but uh, settled in, uh, in Oslo uh, for the last uh, yeah, 14 years or so. Um, I work for Telia. Uh, Telia, which is a telco um, uh, mostly operating in the Nordics and Baltics. Uh, and uh, I'm I'm leading uh, a team of uh, data scientists and engineers in this uh, uh, really cool division called Division X in Telia, which is basically uh, looking into new market opportunities. And the one that I'm uh, especially working on is uh, uh, the um, the commercialization of data. So uh, 
so yeah so that's i will leave there for now perfect very modest introductions so i appreciate that um right okay so usual format um on the the podcast today um every one of the guests has been asked to bring a topic or a question that they would like to explore um the podcast obviously we're talking about today is the data maturity of the market right um the first question we're going to explore is from staz and he was asking is is there a way it's a really good place to start this (laughs) is there a way we could reasonably objectively measure the market maturity on the data so i suppose says it's i suppose it's quite obvious but what were you thinking when um you thought about this question uh well if i if if i knew that the question my first question would be first i would probably ask a different question what the data maturity is but uh yeah uh well in fact the reason for me asking that um uh, and it was a few weeks ago when i actually realized that i don't know the exact answer so uh, because partially that it boils down to definition of data maturity and uh, actually uh, how exactly to measure it, given that this topic to be so complex. So it's like when you asked me to, to introduce one question, I felt like, oh, shit, I don't know the answer. So let me actually try to, uh, to have this uh, group wisdom to really find it out. Uh, but obviously, since the question was asked a few weeks ago, so I, I came to some kind of thinking about it. I kind of got my ideas about how I would do it by now. So I know some form of answer how I would give it. But when I asked that, actually, I didn't have any clue about how I would do it. What, what are you thinking then? So you've had a couple of weeks to think about this. What, what, what have you come to? What conclusions have you come to? Um, well, I actually was uh, thinking a little bit more about the definition of data maturity and what is the best kind of way and uh, try, try to simplify it. And then I realized that, um, well, it, it, it actually could be split into, into different parts uh, because the data maturity is about several things. It's about culture, it's about the technology, it's about data and those type of things. And if we would be measuring the data maturity on the market, then I guess that it could be kind of validated with a few fairly basic questions uh, to, to the companies. Well, obviously, it cannot be measured by, by from independent sources. Someone has to go to the companies and someone has to ask the questions. And I guess that this is what uh, analytics firms like Gartner, et cetera, are doing. But uh, anyway, if, if probably for me, the easiest way would be to really just, just check with the companies. Hey, guys, what, what do you have as a data platform? Do you have one? Are you collecting this from all sources or not? Uh, or, or like, do you have a C-level support for, for your organization? Yes, no. Are you investing? How much are you investing in your data in your company? Uh, basically, that type of questions, um, uh, like it's difficult to answer um, like like in, in a wrong way. It's like either you have support from C-level management or you don't. Okay, well, that's a score from one to five, for example. All right, do you have a data science team in your company? Yes or no? Okay, you don't. Okay, one point out of five. Okay, you have a strong team of data scientists and which are sitting in excellent center uh, of some sort. Right, you have five points. And this could be the way to grade uh, the company, of course, on a scale from one to 20, like something like this, and say, uh, all right, well, you are on a level five in data maturity. That, 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 That could be the way to do, but of course, it requires efforts to go to the companies and make that kind of assessment. And I, I sort of made making an educated guess that uh, these companies like Gartner or, or like like Boston Consulting Groups are doing those type of research. That's mm-hmm. what we what that's what we need uh, in the papers. Andrew, 
What are your thoughts on this topic? It's interesting. Um, the opt-in or the manual assessment, uh, I'm not sure how well that'll scale on a larger company, maybe per division, depending on how you're breaking it down. Um, depending on where you sit in the company, you might have a completely different view and as, as well as how well you're supported. So having a checklist could work on, on several levels. It's an opt-in and a very interesting discussion to have it. This, there, are, there are some de definite definitive ones like C-level support. It, it's been proven time and time again. If you don't have C-level support for your data products or for your data initiatives, you're going to have a hard fight ahead of you. Um, Tech-wise, yeah. I mean, if you're not using a modern tech stack, uh, I don't know if I necessarily agree with the data science aspect of it, but if you have some sort of analytical or strong analytics within a company to measure uh, how you're working with data could be a way to go about it. So I, I agree with Stas that there, there is a good checklist to be had if, if you want to do like a little bit of a introspective reflectiveness of, of where you are in the market. Um, but to... I'm not sure how well a larger organization, I mean, Gartner does it, um, obviously, uh, how they achieve it. Um, I believe they speak mostly to like senior vice presidents, executives and C-level. So it, it would be interesting mm -hmm. to see how that plays, especially if you could do it in a, a mark, smaller market test to evaluate that. Perhaps Stockholm would be a good opportunity to play that out and see how you know, the top 25 or 50 tech companies uh, score themselves. Mm. Jeremy, what are your thoughts on this topic? Yeah, when I when I uh, read those questions, the uh, I think the, the two things that came up to my mind about uh, measuring uh, measuring uh, uh, about the measurement is: are we measuring uh, quality or quantity? Uh, is it? Uh, and I think maybe a, a low hanging fruit would be to definitely measure quantity. Uh, for example, data data markets are a way to uh, to figure out uh, how much consumption there is. Uh, if, as we are selling data, we can also know uh, our uh, our customer mass and how much uh, access do they need, how much data do they consume on a yeah on a, on a time period. Uh, the quality, I think, is is uh, is a bit more uh, subjective. I think it's a bit more difficult to measure how how good is the, how mature is the market into using the the, the data. So that that measurement could be done in. Uh, um, for example, is the, is the market able to kind of feed data back to you uh, in order to enrich it, for example? Uh, are there, uh, I don't know, uh, paper uh, written, uh, a literature, uh, the literature kind of evolves as well? I think that would, that would be maybe uh, ways to measure the actual, uh, the, the, the market maturity on the, on the data quality, I guess. Apple? Uh, well, a lot of good answers came from uh, the previous uh, three speakers. I would uh, try to emphasize a little bit on the fact that maturity can mean different things on different organizations depending on um, the technical debt that the organization has, the organizational debt. So if you have like uh, an organization that um, uh, is fresh, new from a data perspective, then things are a little bit more simpler. So you can jump in easier into like higher maturity levels and so on, whereas an organization that comes from mergers and acquisitions is probably a nightmare scenario to basically try to um, align um, data um, uh, pipelines and processes and warehouses in order to basically achieve the economies of scale and also to um, productify uh, uh, data. Mm -hmm. Now, um, different maturity, there are different maturity models, and the important thing is for an organization to actually 
do an honest assessment and not just do it in order to basically give themselves a pat in the back that, uh, yeah, we are very mature. Uh, and uh, when planning, let's say, I don't know what kind of planning cycles companies are using, let's say six months, a year, OKRs, uh, big bets and so on. Um, the important thing is for data to be like a primary player um, and the evolution in this maturity model needs to be like um, not um, intentionally intentionally or un unintentionally um, uh, put in a second tier. What do I mean by that? Uh, companies usually have some, uh, some goals. They might say, okay, we're going to try to get more uh, out of the data that we have, but then at the end, uh, we don't give the right incentives to uh, groups to collaborate because we um, put priorities in a way that is basically uh, forcing people basically down prioritize, for example, um, uh, collaboration and sharing of data and basically data discovery and um, all the different tools that can be utilized uh, in that sense. So, uh, yeah, I think that's my two cents yeah. in this topic. It's difficult. I mean, Stas, have you, you got any kind of I, final? Oh, go on. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Uh, well, sorry, I interrupted you. Uh, actually, I was um, uh, I, I was kind of thinking about that maturity from the perspective of ability of the uh, of the of, of the companies to kind of uh, organizations utilize the data they produce. I would say that's kind of definition of this. So, which means that uh, if it would be quantitative, uh, like how much data they have, etc. I, I, it's not a rocket science. I mean, we we deal with data on a daily basis. We know how to make account everything from table, but basically that's uh, easy to count. But uh, obviously, I was more thinking from perspective of. Uh, uh, someone is telling us, yeah, that like world becomes more mature on data, but I can say no, world is not becoming more mature on data, and I can prove that this is not the case. Who is right? Who is wrong? Right. So, uh, from that perspective, um, um, that what was my question about? And as I said, I, I very much appreciate your input. I don't have a definite answer, so it was subject is, to discussion. Is anyone got any final comments on this one? Maybe a quick, maybe a quick comment on uh, Stas. Uh, well, uh, organizations might appear to becoming more mature just because they are collecting more data, uh, and maybe having a couple of analysts or some dashboards and so on. But uh, I would say that that is not necessarily uh, an indication that they are actually trying to improve the data situation. Uh, they might even be claim we are data driven. No, you're not data driven. Just because I you have a couple of dashboards, you're not. Absolutely, absolutely agree with you. So the more data you have, actually, it might be the less mature you are. In fact, so. Um, Andrew, if yeah, you uh, say something. Yeah, I, I, just something that Apple said was quite interesting. That the newer newer companies are they at a strategic advantage with data maturity by not having that technical debt or that luggage or being dragged through you know 15, 20 years or M and A's along the way. It, could there be using that is there a way we could possibly look at perhaps formatting some way of objectively measuring it a, a brand new company starting up there they have a clean slate could you be could you use a checklist for them on that way to say as i'm going through my adventure as you know my first year my third year my fifth year could we provide a scale or a way for them to measure to know they're hitting certain check marks? Perhaps not the other way around of grading someone after the fact, but providing someone a roadmap or a, a sheet. Would that make um, any sense or, or how could that benefit us? Jeremy? 
Yeah, as a follow-up on uh, on uh, when you reformulated your question, you as you said that uh, you are you are actually interested to know how mature or in a way companies to leverage the data they own, uh, and obviously uh, this might not be so easy to measure because they might want to keep that a secret to keep a competitive advantage as well. So even though you are actually super data savvy and and using lots of your data to commercialize or create products, you might not actually be very vocal about it, mm. and therefore hard to measure. Apple. Uh, I would say that um, data maturity is a, a very long process and um, the, the more, uh, the older the organization is, the more complex it gets because of integrations, because of technologies that has been deployed, uh, deployed and forgotten in some cases. I mean, relic in the code when it comes to, let's say, data collection, we've been using, I don't know, uh, uh, trackers that are not um, utilized anymore, but they're still pinging data. And then we have the nightmare with GDPR and then California and then all the other countries around the world implementing their own data. Uh, so I would uh, add to what um, uh, Andrew basically commented that maybe data maturity is probably uh, one of the long lasting um, uh, transformations that an organization needs to heavily invest. And not to just assume that, okay, we're going to do this year data uh, maturity transformation and then we're done by the end of the year. No, it's not going to happen so quickly. Mm. Um, okay, yeah, we're going to move on to the next question. Um, Apple, Apple's question was, what paths can we choose to go down when improving data maturity? Um, so there might be some crossover here, but uh, Apple, give us some context behind your question. Yeah, sure. So what I was thinking here when I was um, trying to formulate a question is how can um, an organization that is trying to utilize or maximize the value of the data, how can they, um, what kind of um, options do they have? Um, of course, you can do like in-house with hiring uh, data engineers, data scientists, analysts, and so on, uh, change the mindset so that uh, from a C-level you get some kind of the right questions and uh, uh, you get also uh, bandwidth and uh, backlogs and uh, money to, to get resources and uh, technology and so on. You can outsource these things. Uh, you can basically dump everything in one of these multiple um, uh, data platform solutions that are out there and so on. Uh, so I'm thinking how, if there is a way to basically choose the right uh, um, the right path forward. I understand that it's probably an open-ended question that uh, we're not going to get a valid answer, but I'm uh, curious to hear what uh, the, the rest of the people in the call have to say about this. Andrew, you go first. One word answer. No, I'm only joking. <laughs> One word answer. Okay. <laughs> no, no, yeah. uh, what is the way? What is the way? So uh, This is interesting because I, I think there's a lot of to do with it depending on the type of company you are and where you are in your, your company life cycle. If you are a small shop, and have finite bandwidth and resources, outsourcing might be the best opportunity for you to get the biggest bang for your buck. The, the reason being is you wanna focus on your product and delivery and, and get that as well polished and have data brought to you, I feel, and have someone who can do that expert uh, analyst. You may not be able to hire uh, a data analyst or a data scientist or data engineering team uh, if you're a smaller company. So, you know, outsource that. Um, it's the whole idea of build versus buy, I guess. Can you build it yourself and do a better job at it and have that competence in-house? If data is your expertise, then definitely put that investment in there 
to to hire in-house, get that C-level backing again, um, work on that way of working, that culture, that accessibility to data. If you struggle with that or don't have that competence in-house, have that outsourced, have a team build that for you, build your data pipelines, build up your analytics dashboards and get you started. Because the sooner you're working with data, the faster you can refine. Like in Stockholm right now, hiring is quite challenging. Getting resources is very difficult. So from an architectural point of view, that I would say is what would get me the fastest time to market to, to get my data, hiring and developing in-house or out, uh, um, outsourcing? Or Andrew, you can use evolution, but no plugs. Not too many plugs today. Um, oh yeah, I felt like I couldn't help myself. Go for it. Um, <laughs> Staz, what are you thinking on this subject? What, what I mean, what, what paths can we choose to go down when improving data maturity? Um, yeah, as uh, as you pointed out, there is no definite answer. That's for sure. So uh, it's, it's so broad, so complex, and uh, as uh, Apo, you correctly mentioned this is a huge transformation on this path, so it, it doesn't have like one silver bullet answer. Anyway, uh, if I can think about it, so the, first of all, you have to kind of identify where you are already in the data maturity model, because it can be that you apparently are in a way having a people. Uh, uh, all right, let me step a little bit back. So uh, first of all, in my opinion, the culture and this kind of people talents uh, are the key driving force. So either you have this type of people who are supporting you uh, in different levels. Not, I mean, C-level is, is ultimately kind of great if you have that support. But if you don't, it's not the end of the world. It doesn't mean that these people are not uh, competent or professional. They may delegate it to other people in the organization and they trust their instincts, but they appreciate uh, supported by data, for example. Uh, the point is that you have to have this type of people. So uh, if you already have this type of people, uh, it might be that they are lacking technology, they are lacking uh, kind of tools, and they are lacking. They say, "Great, I I, I love to get value from data. I, I always do this. Just give me something better than Excel I'm using today, and I will support you." Okay, well, uh, easy, easy, easy piece of cake, right? I mean, you just equip them with the tools, you equip them with uh, uh, data, kind of. Uh, uh, like if you are coming from outside or if you are building it inside, and that will be the way to go to bring them to on, on a higher level of maturity. Let's imagine that, uh, you, that you have a different kind of situation. Okay, you don't have this type of people. Uh, it doesn't matter what tools you have. You can have all data in the world. You have great engineers which are bringing you tons of data and, and amounts, but if you don't have these people who kind of understand the value, who can really extract the value out of it, okay, you have to deal with that first. So you have to deal with these people. You have to uh, somehow uh, uh, find a way to bring their mentality to the, to the next level. Uh, uh, okay, there are multiple techniques to do this. We can talk about this, this more, of course, maybe during this call if we have time. But I would, uh, yeah, I'm conscious about like, giving others people no. to, to, uh, what to say. But I would say work with people, uh, educate them, uh, give them uh, a chance to understand what kind of value the data can bring. Uh, if you feel that they are not on that level uh, and continuously work with these examples and basically naturally at some point there will be aha moment for them at some point uh, something will hopefully click and these guys will see ah okay that's what you meant with data that's a story actually i get from you all right now great continue Th this is my finance investment actually and you do more stories like this for me perfect well babe, jeremy What's your thoughts around this topic? Yeah, I guess I'll, I'll start from the, the, the basis that uh, you actually have access to the data. And, uh, and talking about experience with a team that has worked with different data sources, I think they're, they're uh, 
kind of like their uh, their ability to uh, to become mature with it is to basically have access and playfulness with it. So you need to you need to have the the possibility to explore it. You need to have the possibility to uh, to massage the data. And I think the more people you have looking at it, the the more angles or uh, or uh, fragrance you will you will get from those investigations. So I think it's first of all key to understand the quality of the data, and therefore it will be key to to understand what you can do with it and and the uh, inherited value. So, um, so yeah, I, th I think uh, access would definitely be uh, be uh, be one of my of my first uh, points. The second one is that of, if you want to kind of uh, if you have an, an amazing amount of data and you want to actually actually optimize on on this investigation, then clustering, uh, tagging, descriptions about the data that will actually try to kind of uh, uh, have a first focus uh, area before you you throw yourself. But uh, um, Usually you wait until the data is there. That's that's that. This is where most of the time is actually wasted. It's actually getting the data in in a in a in a warehouse where you can actually play with it. So uh, if you get if you can get that lead time uh, as short as possible, then I think you are you uh, you have a shorter path to uh, to value. Any uh, further thoughts? No, Apple. Any maybe, any final maybe thoughts? A quick, maybe a quick. Uh question or challenge to the panelists. When it comes to doing build or buy, uh, how worried are you of vendor lock-ins, especially when you're not just getting, let's say, a Kafka system and you're getting um, a full smorgasbord of capability that basically locks you down for a long, long period of time. So are you consciously aware of that and afraid of that or not? Andrew first. He's nodding yes. his head. <laughs> Straight up, yes. Uh, I mean, vendor lock-in is, is something that's of great concern uh, for myself um, because it depends on where the company that you're investing in or, or want to build this relationship goes. Uh, their roadmap, if they're, they might have a three-year roadmap, get ac uh, acquired, an acquisition comes through, all of a something, something shifts, their, their alignment no longer works with yours, you have a contract, you're, you've invested heavily in the pipelines that you've built with them, uh, all of a sudden there's a cost to switch. So it's a, a mix of where do you, where are you competent to work and where are you you're not competent to work and can you, um, how can you lift that competency up? Um, and if you can't, and then it's a matter of can they do it better than us? And if they can and it's more cost effective, that kind of makes sense and constantly reevaluate um, how things are going in the market uh, towards specific tooling. Do you want to buy a full out data platform where you just push your data in and outcomes reports on the other side? Or do you want to have the ability to pick and choose, you know, Lego as you per se, like, you know, I want this piece here, I like this piece here and this piece here, and they all tie together with that piece. Mm. Stas? Yes. Um, actually, I am very strong promoter of uh, buy versus build when it comes to data platforms and these topics. And uh, we've been through this journey in the company where I currently work, and uh, and uh, we we we've been on both paths, building something as well as finally so so buying this. Yes, it, it's absolutely a risk area that you are going to be locked and dependent on the vendor. But at the same time, let's face it. Uh, the complexity of processing of massive amounts of data, and obviously the data are growing, right? I mean, it's more and more data, unstructured data, everything is coming here. So uh, even if you are capable to build a small BI solution nowadays, 
you will not be able to compete uh, to, to, to the big vendors. Like one of the things which happened when we built our own BI solution in one of our projects was customers were saying, oh, it cannot even do what Excel can do. Right, I mean, I have my small team and we compete, compete compared against Excel. I, I am proud of it. I mean, it's, it's a cool thing we did this, but the expectations are on that level. So the customers are not accepting anything less than, than uh, powerful BI solutions or, or ability to massage the data in a strong way. Are you seriously capable to do it yourself in a company if this is not your core business? I doubt think so. If you are not IT company, then you definitely cannot do it. So yeah, you just make smart choices in this and you have to you have to you have to buy basically you have to figure out what you buy you have to take a careful choices by looking at the market profile of the companies or vendors and uh, try to take risks and hopefully uh, they will not go out of the market basically jeremy Teely have got a bit of data haven't they <laughs> yeah so on, on the buy versus build i would say uh, i mean the data is your goal so i would definitely build uh, kind of knowledge around the data uh, so this is something i would keep in house and uh, and have uh, actually uh, resources which I know are going to stay in the company to actually understand really what the data can do. And I would buy the productification. So I would buy the actual uh, building the product when you know uh, what you want to build it with. So this is really uh, really how I would, uh, would split it. It's amazing. Yeah, we've done specific uh, podcasts on build or buy. In fact, we've done two in the last four months. Yeah, even every other podcast, we get to the same topic. <laughs> it just might be a running feature, build or buy. Yeah. yeah, if everyone says buy at the start, we'll just finish the podcast. Um, no, I'm only joking. Uh, brilliant. Great question, Apple, and really nice follow-up question. Um, okay, third question, um, Andrew. Yeah, Andrew's question was, how do you explain the product benefits of developing data maturity to the business? Yeah, in inverted commas, I like that. <laughs> um, Andrew, give us some context about what you mean and why we're putting the business in inverted commas. <laughs> for, for sure. So my, my take on it was, how do you empower product owners to create or innovate towards working either producing data uh, or working with data and more so how can you do it towards the product that they're actually developing um, and when I say the business I meant companies in general but coming from a product company how can you uh, help them understand the importance of data maturity that engagement just because take a step back just because you have the data doesn't mean you're mature with it it's how you use it how you engage with it and, and how you react to it and it's always interesting to try to see how you can try to explain this to a product owner who may not actually have tangible usage of that data, but produces it, but may not understand the knock-on effects two, three, four hops down the line. So it's just an interesting idea that, you know, how can you explain this, that there's a knock-on effect, you know, raising tides uh, raises all boats, kind of that idea. So fantastic question. Um, we'll come to you, Jeremy, first. Um, All right, so yes, super interesting question, and uh, um, like it's it's nice to see uh, the angle where you want the data to actually support the the productification and the building of the product. In my case, like the data is the product. That's what we sell. So um, so that's why I kind of uh, uh, I am maybe looking at your question with with that in mind that uh, we we are actually trying to, to productify the, the data itself. Uh, and in that case, I think the way. 
it, uh, it basically affects the business is uh, pretty much uh, direct because uh, the, I think the, the more the, the market will be mature with using the data, the more the market will consume the data. So the more you will sell the actual product uh, and then uh, the more they will probably want to, to enrich it and, uh, and, and the more the market benefits, for that, uh, benefits from that enrichment as well. Uh, so, so yeah, I, I think what what we are also uh, coming uh, towards is that we are, we are not just selling the data; we're also selling the insight based on the data. So that's actually uh, that that probably is even uh, that that demands uh, even more maturity, uh, both to uh, sell it but also to uh, to consume it. Apple, what's your thoughts? Well. From my end, the starting point would be to help them uh, imagine uh, a future with um, very mature data uh, capabilities in place. Uh, things that uh, can be done with uh, the data, either directly from the teams producing this data or from other uh, teams down the line. So uh, good quality data can offer, for example, capabilities around personalizations and recommendations and uh, uh, business opportunities and so on. Uh, I, I understand that it's very difficult for someone that is not going to be the direct benefactor of that data to have a little bit of a problem prioritizing. But then uh, this prioritization can come from um, uh, uh, company strategy. When the company understands that basically uh, we can have multiplier effects here by properly utilizing even the existing data we have, not to instrument new data collections and so on, no, just maximize the value of the already data that are stored, I don't know, in some silos here and there, or maybe uh, the data quality is not at a level that allows, for example, recommendation systems to run on, on top. So uh, this is actually an exercise on multiple levels. Uh, even the from the teams producing them, uh, business development uh, teams that are across the organization and even like executive level where basically they need to give the, the rhythm to the whole uh, organization that yes, data is at the core or it needs to be at the same um, importance level compared to every, everything else that we're doing. Stas? Um, yes, well, in, in effect, this uh, pretty much um, overlaps with the previous question to some extent. So I guess uh, I gave already some part of the answer to this. But uh, let me let me um, uh, let me use this time to really give a bit different kind of uh, arguments on the table. Uh, what I have observed is that uh, what we that that are kind of let's put it black and white two types of people, right? And uh, and uh, one group of people, I would call them uh, data detectives. Uh, well, it doesn't mean that they are necessarily gurus in uh, R or Python or, or like uh, SQL, whatever, but it's the people who are not afraid of data. Their mind is thinking in charts and graphs. I mean, you show them the graph, they see bingo. I mean, I like it. So that's exactly what uh, what kind of explains my ideas. They typically, you can find them next to the whiteboard and they're drawing some charts about the things. So, uh, and the other types of people actually who are not doing this. It, it doesn't make them less uh, experienced or less uh, professional in what they're doing. It's just that they are not having the same habit of relying on the data. They have, uh, they, they use their intuition, they use their practices, business kind of sense experience, but they have not been exposed to this. And uh, once you are, 
pretty much talking to the again like to this type of people um, in my kind of experience is that um, it's very hard to really teach them to be data driven it's like you can you can give them uh, the only thing you can give them is, is basically to set some preconditions. Like if you're in a position of being their manager, you, you can possibly request for some KPIs or request for some specific routines actually to follow until the point it will click and they will be kind of getting to this point. Uh, or, or if you are not in a position to uh, kind of uh, create preconditions this way, uh, maybe you can do it indirectly. Maybe if you talk to certain customer and you want to uh, to sell uh, them a solution or to uh, to advocate for your solution, maybe you can just give an, a number of different examples. Like, okay, I, I can show you this, I can show you this, I can show you that. So uh, I, I was um, I have one particular um, uh, example of such uh, transformation which happened with uh, one of my customers from the company I worked before. Uh, we were like like delivering the the BI solution. We were just showing analytical solution. All like everything is bright and shiny and dashboards and KPIs and everything connected to that business. And uh, they were like, hmm, okay, what's in it for me? Hmm, what's in it for me? I mean, it, it's like it didn't click until the point we accidentally stepped uh, across one of the metric which has been apparently uh, hitting the nerve of them. It was like they identified something they did not see before. It was they were using outsourcing company and they found out that some people are cheating actually by uh, uh, skipping the job which has been more complicated, leaving it for other people to take because the outsourcing company was paid by by hours uh, and by by number of uh, uh, actually by number of things being done so it was apparently a problem but company was not aware about it completely they were not aware about that behavior and uh, what happened was that this company was like the people there in the middle of of our speech they were talking switched and they were talking about why it could happen what happened there etc cetera, etc cetera. there was no question asked about buying the software they bought it and from this moment, I saw that the people became significantly more aware about the data when we talked to them on continuous engagement. Uh, this is just an example. I saw it several times. I don't have time to repeat my multiple stories, but it has to be clicking like this, uh, literally like getting to the point of some example, some use case hitting the nerve of the person for them, for that person to become switched to another level, basically. That's my belief. And you have now to come up to this type of example. You have to come to preconditions which lead that person to this realization. And then you will have a completely different person to talk to. Jeremy? Yeah, maybe like a, a simple answer to your very complex question, uh, Andrew, would be that uh, I think uh, the, the data maturity towards the business is really, uh, as a company, your ability to combine uh, your internal data and the data from the market, from the, the, consum the consumer, and 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 what the consumer wants and actually be able to blend that in the most uh, finding a sweet spot and op op optimizing how you use both uh, both sources to actually find uh, the perfect product really andrew final uh, final thoughts I think it was quite interesting. I mean, there's a lot to digest from this, but I mean, thinking about it, we talk about uh, a, a cyclical cycle that you use it, it gets something better. You use it, it gets better. You use it, it gets better. And then it multiplies. So, I mean, we talk about um, the multiplier uh, impact that this could have. Uh, again, all raising ties raise all ship. And then the epiphany moment. So once that clicks in and they can understand that, okay, there is something in this data that we missed. Um, maybe at that point, the cycle begins, the multiplying begins. I, I think it's a series. It was a complex question, uh, but there's a series of, of small little hints that come along, I think, and everyone will be at their own point. But it's, uh, no, it was great to hear everyone's input on this. Thank you. Mm, yeah. 
Okay, uh, we're moving on quite nicely. Um, uh, so we're going to get to the final question, um, and it's Jeremy's question. Um, Jamie, Jeremy said um, he can see two distinct market maturity issues, the ingestion of the data and the interpretation use of the data. Are there other, any other limitations which we should help the market with? So, Jeremy, give us some context about your difficultly worded question. <laughs> <laughs> so, so my, my angle, again, is, is very much linked to, uh, to, to data as a product. So that means the people consuming data. And, uh, and uh, of course, uh, when, you're, when you especially try to ship uh, large uh, data uh, volumes to the to the market uh, ingestion is definitely or consumption is 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 uh, is uh, definitely a limitation or can be in many in in, in many ways but also uh, the use of it the interpre interpretation of the data uh, how do you contextualize it uh, and i'm i'm thinking that these are uh, a little bit kind of technical related so i think they are pretty much solvable but i know or i have uh, in my mind of another uh, set of limitations which i think are maybe not that easy to to help the market with so i just wanted to kind of have a, a quick uh, a quick round from the from the panel and and see what what they might come up with well, we've got 19 minutes before you need to go, Jeremy. So, um, Andrew, you're smiling there. What are, oh. the other, what are the other limitations? I, we talk about the ingestion and the importation and use, but I think from a technical side, there's a lot of uh, <laughs> maturity issues. Uh, sure, you get the data in, but then what? Uh, what tools do you use? Uh, is actually before that, what type of data are you getting? And you get structured, non-structured? Is it relational? Is it non-relational? Um, are you just getting this proprietary dump of terabytes of data, and you need to build your own parser to pull pull anything out? Uh, are you just getting swamp data, just garbage data, gar garbage in, garbage out? I, I think understanding uh, other limitations. Um, before we even get to the usage, it's it's very much um, volume, quality of data around that aspect. If you're crunching hundreds of terabytes of garbage data, could you get something out of there? I don't know. I, I would be hesitant to say versus gigabytes of high quality and rich data, you're going to have a, a send that to a data scientist, you're going to have a great time, uh, or they'll have a great time. So I, I think on that side is uh, a little bit of a a maturity issue on uh, that I could easily uh, recognize. Mm. Apple? Uh, if I may add to what Andrew said, uh, the data producers uh, and even the pipelines can bias the data in a way that the data consumer doesn't necessarily know. And uh, one might argue that, yeah, we can have some definitions and we can have like documentation and this and that. Yeah, but uh, things can change or uh, things can be assumed at a certain level and then whoever produces these amazing reports doesn't know the assumptions and then uh, basically commits uh, uh, yeah uh, fallacies uh, in in the process of inter interpreting the data so uh, there needs to be probably an end-to-end -end holistic owner of definitions uh, even for simple things let's say um, um, round trip time. Um, I was working in a company where we had um, some uh, some databases. We have like round trip time, and then we assumed that okay, this is the actual measured round trip time. Well, it turns out that it was actually uh, uh, an algorithm that was producing 
something, estimating this. Why? Because a developer seven years ago decided that this is a more um, proper way to basically measure runtime time instead of actually measuring. And then everybody has built like um, um, algorithms for optimizing uh, bandwidth usage on something that is not actually measuring what people expected to measure. So it's uh, surprises everywhere. Uh, I know I'm not answering Jeremy's question, but uh, I just wanted to throw this bit out there. <laughs> it's a minefield out there. Yeah. Um, Stas, what's your thoughts? All right. Um, yes, I, 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 I must say I, I quite agree with Andrew because actually ingestion definitely would not be mentioned on my list actually of the problems for data maturity. Uh, from the perspective of, uh, I, I okay, maybe that's what you meant, Jeremy, sorry if I misunderstood, misinterpreted you, but uh, the more data we have, the less data mature we become. That's my kind of feeling in the current kind of situation. Uh, the, the, it's like uh, if you want to make sense or if you want to find something on your, let's say you have a table and the table is full of papers, right? And it's messy and you need to find something. Okay, it will take you time to find something to get to make sense out of data you have on the table. Now imagine you have an, kind of the whole lake of the papers around you, right? And you need to find something. Okay, well, the technology comes in and says, here is an excavator for you, you can dig faster. But uh, 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 I mean, the amounts of data we have is significantly outpacing uh, our ability currently of the of the world uh, to to really make sense of all this data. So it, it, the more data we have is not helping any longer. So we need to have better tools, better uh, better technology kind of uh, in place. But this is complex. It's it's huge complex, and it requires hardware. And and even though we are coming up with all these clouds technologies and everything, so it's it's very. We are basically just scratching the surface of, of how to really process the data. So I, I definitely would not see uh, kind of large amounts of data to be uh, to be to be a problem. Well, actually, a lot of it is a problem, but mm. not 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 lack of it. But do, do, but we can't stop, can we, Stas? We can't stop taking in the data. No, no, we can't, and that's why actually uh, there is, as I see it, a, a huge demand, of course, for improving uh, uh, and developing the tools in uh, in this area, like like to handle this. There will be like, as I can see, within a decade ahead, there will be no shortage of uh, of uh, marketplace actually for the software companies, for the for the for the companies who are actually helping to extract all this valuable information and deliver it to consumers at just in time because that's important part. When they need to consume it, uh, if you have more data, it means you have more signals from the data. The mm -hmm. more software is producing those uh, even valuable results, you're going to be swamped with valuable results. And then you need to have a tools to uh, crawl through valuable results then, you see? Mm -hmm. so, 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 mm -hmm. I, guess, I guess I was, I was uh, actually fishing after uh, a little bit kind of beyond the actual uh, ingestion and the, the, the technical limitations or not of ingesting the data. I was more looking into being uh, being data mature, what does that mean in regards to, for example, uh, trust? Can we trust you as a as a data provider? Uh, what's the quality of your of your data? Um, can we trace the lineage of where it comes from? Uh, is it legally sound? Can you use it in which context? Um, what about ethics? If you use it into uh, into into a context, would you in a way um, uh, affect uh, ethical matters in uh, or or uh, or yeah change how uh, ethical your your product or your uh, your service is? So these 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 are, I think are are uh, way beyond just like the can I can I put the, this data in my warehouse or not? So uh, and I think that comes uh, answering some or all of these questions uh, would I think help you to become more mature about your data. I think. 
Apple. A uh, quick comment on both uh, Stas' uh, last comments and also Jeremy's. Um, a partial answer to the problem of uh, greediness, ingest everything and uh, track more and so on, whether we like it or not, comes from GDPR. It basically says you need to have a purpose for collecting your data. Uh, and this is actually saving us from a lot of headache because uh, I've worked in companies where basically the mantra was, okay, we need everything regardless if it makes sense or if we're going to use them. And then we have like massive data sets that we cannot process, we cannot store, we cannot move them and so on. And this also answers uh, one of uh, follow-up, uh, Jeremy's uh, follow-up uh, questions about um, up to a certain degree, I mean, why are we collecting this data and can we be trusted with this data? Yes, uh, data processors, data controller. I mean, uh, there is some like higher level um, maturity that came on the way the organizations are treating this data from, um, uh, yeah, uh, from a legal perspective, basically. Mm. And hopefully other, other countries are going to introduce similar things. It's going to make it more complex, but assuming that most countries are going to copy with a slight variations GDPR, this is going to make it easier for the industry basically to um, learn to live with um, uh, what makes sense and not just the wishful thinking of something more beautiful is going to come in the future. Andrew? Yeah, I actually wrote GDPR down on my paper as well. Is Because uh, we talked about volumes of data and just getting all that nitty-gritty data in and just trying to hope that there's something in there. Um, by, by reinforcing what was just said about being able to scope that back and take what we need. Um, Jeremy mentioned uh, ethics as well. And using that data in an ethical way, especially with AI. I mean, there is bias within AI. We have seen it multiple time and time again, and AI systems having to be shut down, or ML, or, or whatever we want to call them these days. I think at some point in time, we have to actually take a, a stance and say, is the, does it actually make sense, this data? Or even though it's maybe GDPR compliant, does it make sense that we have this to use it? Do we really, really need it? Can we do without it? And just because we have more data doesn't mean we can't question it. Um, do you need it to do your job? Sure. Is there other alternatives we could use? That's something we need to talk about. Do we have something in-house already? So I think it's, yeah, we have the data, um, we have volumes of it, but is it fit for purpose or is there a better alternative that you know we don't have to keep adding more and more in? Mm. Stas? Um, yes, actually, Two points. Uh, one is that uh, when when I was kind of talking to to, uh, to data, I was kind of meant more general. GDPR is only in certain jurisdictions, and GDPR is applicable, and it's only applicable to kind of private data, right, or like sensitive data in a way. But uh, if we talk in general uh, about the data, it's significantly more data, like like a lot of other things, which is kind of that. So which uh, GDPR is not helping uh, in any way. And, and introducing of this GDPR anyway is forcing some companies to find a ways around and they are finding a ways around. So anyway, so regulations like GDPRs are super important and they will slow down that type of journey, but actually it will not stop it completely. Uh, this is one kind of point. Uh, but the, the kind of second point, which I kind of would like to agree with, with Jeremy on the point is that uh, less than this whole technical things which are solvable, like lineage and uh, data governance, I mean, they are addressable, it's possible, and companies are improving this. What I feel is less improved over time is actually ability to people to interpret the data. 
and this is what I guess uh, Jeremy, you kind of mentioned as a second point, which is stopping us from uh, having this world more mature. And uh, this is uh, like significantly more difficult to um, to solve, I would say. The good part is that I see the world kind of is moving because I can see that uh, that is a basic education. Like my, my son recently came from school and uh, he's 10 years old and he was asking uh, me to check his task assignment and they were looking at the pie charts and they were looking at the uh, how to read some data there. And uh, I was surprised because in my education, we were just going through the pie chart somewhere in the university. Like that was my education. So it, it means that that this is starting to happen, like ability to look at the data um, and and ability to just make a quality decisions out of the data. Uh, this is what is what is super important and super essential. And you don't need a lot of data for this. But ability to get it out from the data. Perfect. Uh, Andrew? Yeah, I'd like to say on Sasa's comment, um, the data interpretation, it, it's a telling of a story I find is more successful because whomever is the consumer of the data, you don't know their degree of knowledge and experience with interpreting data. They can get easily overwhelmed if there's too many fields. We've all seen you know, Excel spreadsheets that are, are massive databases then given to someone to interpret and say, all right, how do you figure this out? Whereas if you can start leveraging storytelling and explain the process and the, the what you're trying to achieve um, as if you're an as an analyst would um, ideally someone who's non-biased can get through and get the point through or non-biased non in air quotes but is able to tell the story of the data that's being presented to you i think that would help a lot more with that data maturity because of the requirements to get to that point to the person who's going to actually be listening or reading the data and acting on it I think there's a, a lot of value in, you know, that good old fashioned story. Yeah, I like a story. Apple. Uh, one quick uh, comment or highlight on what Stas mentioned. Uh, he used the, the term um, data governance. And I think this is a very, very important thing for any organization that wants to progress in the maturity, uh, in the maturity frameworks. I mean, uh, having a a chief data officer, CDTO, chief data technology officer, and so on, is not going to automatically solve the problem. You need to have some kind of house, home, for these kind of problems. And um, uh, the data governance is basically what is going to drive all these things and uh, make the connections in the organization and basically resolve dependencies and so on. And at some point, even evangelize the need for basically better data quality and uh, um, discoverability and maybe data cataloging and lineage and so on. Uh, otherwise, yeah, just depending on the CDTO, the CDO, uh, CDO and so on is not going to help you in any way. Um, Stas, final comment and then we're going to go to, sorry, Stas and then we're going to go to Jeremy yes. for the final comment. No, I, I absolutely agree with Andrew, your comment actually on this and uh, and storytelling and this ability to uh, get value is, is absolutely crucial in the success. I just wanted to make a final kind of remark that uh, I believe that uh, we need to have more kind of shift towards business people actually more driving the stories and coming back to to data analysts uh, for example for the requests like oh yeah well we have this idea can we make it I and mean, help us to do this because uh, currently uh, that expertise of telling the stories is often laced with data analysts which are not necessarily is fully aware about the business capabilities 
So I kind of feel that this uh, movement right now goes from uh, data technical IT people, data products uh, vendors, and uh, and people who are skilled in in data per se, up towards the business, suggesting them, hey, this is what we can do for you. This is what we can do for you. But it has to be the other way around, and I hope it will be the other way around one day. Mm. Jeremy, final comment. Yeah, no, I uh, love the input and the, the different uh, flavors that you in your answers. So uh, uh, I, I must say that I rem remember probably the best your your intervention, Andrew, with the, especially with the storytelling. I think this is uh, what we probably are trying to do by uh, uh, delivering insights instead of data, because uh, it's it's rarely actionable data with actionable insights. And uh, and I think in in uh, in delivering that context and delivering that. Uh, that that story, as you say, I think that's uh, that's definitely uh, the right way to to go towards uh, a mature data market.